Welcome back to Pod My Laugh. This is episode two, and this time I'm chatting with Kate Hammer and Eddie McKenzie. Hi. Hello. Kate, how are you doing, first of all? I'm I'm so good. I'm enjoying the crisp weather. Mm-hmm. Um, ten, seven out of ten. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's good. Eddie. Splendid. Now, uh, you are... I noticed quite far away from the microphone. I think you're being overly cautious. Overly cautious. Yeah. So. Let me let me lead on. Oh, that's there. beautiful. Yeah. Ooh. That's really nice, actually. I'm I'm well aware of being a loud man. Well, and that's kind of one maybe, of the maybe I was too far because now it's oh, it's rich and yeah, it's rich <laughs> buttery. And I know. Isn't it? <laughs> um, anybody who's listening who's not aware of uh, um, Kate and Eddie will know that this is the um, the kind of the linking factor between the two. So they're both. <laughs> Um, what was it going to say? Iconic performers. Oh my oh. god! Thank. I was going to say effervescent, but well, you were yeah. even nicer. No, I think up for like you're you're both kind of young and iconic, which is quite a trick to pull oh. off. Do you not know think? Hello. It takes a while to get to be like iconic. Oh my I think. god! Do you not know think? I don't know. This is so nice. Oh no, really? I just this is this is no. This is the thing because I was I was thinking on the way over. I was saying like, if somebody came to me and said, um, "Look, I'm going to put on a show." And I want to put on a kind of Kate Hammer style oh person, my gosh. And a, or an Eddie McKenzie style. I'd, <laughs> I'd have so to say, I'd have to say, no. I'm afraid that's not possible because there's no one. <laughs> there's no one could quite step in for themselves. You know what I mean? So Ooh-wee. you can't tell how much we are blushing right now. <laughs> but you're iconic too. No, this is a room of icons. <laughs> Flip this on its head. Well, no, I don't. And and, and, no. Oh, you see how hard it is. Yeah. Oh, take these compliments. No, you've got me. I guess you've got. No, I I don't have any skills. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I I can barely wear a hat. You that's run a s- several successful shows. No, but that's Highly just... Highly acclaimed yeah. No, I didn't. All. No, the I didn't. The South Side. Sell out every time. No, no, no. Bosh. Any fool could do that. That's <laughs> not, but that's you're just, the fool that does it. <laughs> that's just administration. That's all you're making was. art, you know? I think so. Yeah, this is like the, the equivalent of like a, going into a museum and seeing modern art and going, I could do that. And it's like, yeah, mm. but you didn't. Huh, you know? okay. No one else made that show. You're a curator. Mm. Well, that's that's actually quite a good way of putting it, I think. Mm. Um, I think that's just, that's that's human uh, self-esteem. Like, I find myself all the time, you know, one second, you're, gonna, you're thinking like, God, I really just will never, I'm not going to be good enough. Mm. I'm never going to be good enough. I, you know, God, I, no, no wonder no one loves me. And then two minutes later, I'll see myself in the mirror and go, I'm better than... Anyone I know, but yeah. you know, it, there's it's just such a ride, it's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've done like tons of stuff because I was like, I do a little bit of basic research, uh, Mr. Again. Holmes. All right, <laughs> again, <laughs> again, a skill, not a talent. Uh, and um, what, real quick, what if while you were doing um, research on a comedian, you hmm. suddenly uncovered that they had done a murder? I think that's a pretty good show idea. That's a really good idea. Uh, You're just like, oh, idea. just doing some research, you know, and then no one's looked into, and there's just all these clues you have up on your wall, and you're like, oh, my God, I know who Jack the Ripper was. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's... <laughs> but more recent, more recent murder. More recent, like an... Is comp- this actually a true crime podcast? Yeah, it's yes. turning into a well. Oh, yeah, and you bring us Kate's in, you're like, Kate, yeah, I have yeah, the evidence. Yeah. The expose. One of you has killed <laughs> and may kill again. Um, no, that's a... That's a that's a, a a great question. Like if you kind of uncover something like a, a thread that you start pulling yeah. at, and you're like, "Oh, is that the the body in the lake uh, or loch?" As it probably would be around these parts. But um, it, I think it's not happened yet. 
so I don't know how I would I would deal with it, but I think it's something I would bring up in the in the conversation. Or something <laughs> like oh, it's a very rich topic it of is, conversation. Yes. Did, did, you <laughs> ever, did you ever owe money to a man in uh, Campbellsling? And uh, <laughs> we'll find out. We'll get to the bottom of. It. But no, I've not. I've not. Um, in the course of any, discovering any uh, criminality, that I guess it's funny. I I wasn't I hadn't prepared that thought at all. But no. so I and I threw you off. But I just no. think it's especially funny to me because you're like such a like a calm, well-spoken man ah. that you'd be like, "Hi, Kate." <laughs> So you've done a murder. <laughs> just like confronting someone, but so chill about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, though, no, I think I probably, I, I don't think I would be hysteric. I think I would, uh, I would kind of say, so Kate, <laughs> tell me a little bit about your childhood. About the trail of bodies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Behind. Yeah. But also, what I say, icon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be, a, it would be quite an iconic career yeah. path, wouldn't it? Yeah. To escape, to flee Canada. Um, with you know all that guilt in your conscience, or not? Maybe you've got no guilt. Whatsoever. This is what no guilt for sure. Oh. And this is why people think Banksy is like a performer of some sort mm-hmm. because then he could just travel around Ooh. unnoticed, yeah. quote unquote. That's true. Um, and and then just do a little bit of art, a little bit of murder, little um, bit of murder. <laughs> Eddie, have you killed anybody? Uh, only every night on stage. <laughs> oh, we. Um, also, no. Um, no. You <laughs> let's, let's clear that up for a moment, shall so we? Yeah, no, I would it. love you to never say no. Just be like, bye. <laughs> keep deflecting. Oh, <laughs> what, what, what an accusation, oh, Fergus. Mm. What I makes feel, you say that? Yeah. I feel like with it's your... not in Huddersfield. <laughs> your lung capacity, you could just laugh for about two minutes and, we'd be, and then... <laughs> We'd be like, I guess we got to move on. Exactly. Yeah, just just, timing, really. Yeah. Like, Innocence by time restraints. I think so. Because well, it is a bit like an interview uh, room in here with the, yeah. the tape yes. recording and stuff. Like that. Yes. It's got that police vibe, hasn't it? So I can just imagine There's the detective. the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the detective's going, just, just get him out. <laughs> it's just, not worth it's it. Not, this it's can too be much, too much energy. This can be unsolved. That's it. It's the opposite of a clean cut. That's it. Yeah, we've got statistics. We're, we're well within tolerances here. If we just <laughs> just let Hold this one mat. go. That's it. We'll make it up. In this. He's just so likable. Yes. I interrupted you. You were saying I've done a lot of things. You have. Well, you've both actually done done a lot of things, right? Because you're both terrible things. No, <laughs> it was certainly seems to be the case. So you both like. Actor, your multi-threat. What are those called? People. Oh, multi-hyphenate. Multi-hyphenate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which Triple is another thing. So Eddie was recently, and I don't know when this is going out. It might be some time ago. But um, you were in the uh, Winnie the Pooh movie remake, oh. Oh, yes. which you can tell us about because I'm quite intrigued by this. It's yes, uh, remake slash sequel type thing. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, yeah, they've basically recast pretty much everyone, and they're retconning it in wonderful horror movie style. By um, the first movie is going to technically be a movie in the cinematic world of the second movie. Oh my gosh! Jesus so it's going to be like Scream Two, where the first movie was a movie in Scream Two, or The Human Centipede, where the guy in the second one had seen the first one and recreated it. Right, 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 right. Very silly. That's right. that's clever stuff. And it's and it's <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a Winnie the Pooh movie, but my understanding is that the original text of Winnie the Pooh had fallen out of copyright and the producers of this this piece of thought were having that and they've decided to make a, a horror film. 
Is that right? Precisely. Precisely. That. They are a production company that make about 40 films a year. Mm. They just churn out these sort of low-budget horror films, boom, 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 boom. And they, basically the way they say it is they, they saw on Twitter that, like you say, it was falling out of copyright, and they went, oh, we'll do that in June or something. We'll oh. get to that. And they did it, and it went to DVD, and it went onto one streaming site, I think, and nobody thought anything of it. Mm-hmm. And then it exploded, and five million pounds of income Gosh. later, it's now a thing. It's, there are crazy people on the internet who contact me to talk about it, and I'm like, I wasn't in that one. The second one might be good, I don't know. It's got to um, be. <laughs> But, yeah, so who knows? Right. Hopefully it'll be as ridiculous and cool as the first one was. When does it come out? Valentine's Day. Should we all go see it together? Yeah, February fourteenth. Well, I'm, I'm assuming there'll be like a premiere party. <laughs> or something like that, wouldn't it? They keep using the phrase "a worldwide cinematic release," okay, mm. which sounds impressive but tells me nothing. Right. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know when or where or no. you know. Hopefully, it'll be somewhere. The GF, it was in the GFT and things last time. Okay, that sort of vibe. Yeah, uh, we should definitely. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Definitely. We'll get a, we'll get a posse together and go and uh, and go and see that. That will be I'll that'll pick. be super exciting. <laughs> well, just when you say posse and, and, and picket it and be like, this is, <laughs> yeah. not, this is not right. Don't know this sort of thing. No, it's awful. It's a terrible thing to do to a child, a treasure childhood uh, memory like that. So that's. So that so you are you what's your path, Eddie? Because obviously I can tell from your accent that you are from Inverness originally. <laughs> oh, very. Yeah, but so uh, raised Inverness. somewhere in southeast. I'm going to say southeast London. Southwest. Ah! Southwest. I'm a Wimbledon boy. Oh. The accent always bamboozles people, yeah, and people don't know where I'm from. But you're right. You have done your research. Yes, well. south. Uh, South West London for the first ten-ish right. years of my life, uh-huh. and then moved to Inverness. I see. Okay. For the next okay. ten-ish years of my life. Okay. Okay. So I, I do say I'm from Inverness because yeah. it makes more sense sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it depends on who I'm talking to. The accent changes. You know, it might be more London. It might be more Inverness. And then I've been in Glasgow for about twelve years now. Oh, or okay. So. so there's all sorts going. On. All sorts going. On. Do you know Inverness is it, for for our international listeners? Um, Inverness is kind of. Legendary in Scotland as having the the purest, cleanest accent of all the Scottish accents. Apparently, apparently, so yes. as you can tell from Eddie. Well, there's a big difference between my grandmother's Indonesian mm-hmm. and most of my school friends in Venetian. Right. Because my granny would be very much, yes, Inverness. She'd be very polite and proper. And, mm. you know, Margaret Mackenzie, she's very nice, Inverness. It's the Queen's English, they say. It's very proper. But then you, you talk to my school friends, and they're like, all right, what's the crack like? Eh? Uh, rubber buggy baby bummers. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> the banter is the proper Inverness. Going out in the world, you know, records and I. Oh, my. Oh my! So that's, well, that's that. When people say Inverness is a lovely place with a nice accent, it all comes flooding back. <laughs> and that's, um, that's the part I try and avoid. I'm like, no, no, compartmentalise the Indonesian. Yeah, try and blow that. That makes a lot of sense. Now, Kate, um, the, the, we've I think we've when we first chatted, I mentioned the fact that I'd been to your hometown in Canada. Oh yeah. So this was um, as part of the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Interesting. I was there. Uh, I was there to meet a friend who I'd met like online. Yeah. And so I was over there, 
And this is not, it wasn't Kate's mum or anything like that. It was just to <laughs> jump ahead of you. <laughs> just to jump ahead of you, Eddie, because I could see how you're, you're looking at it. Just uh, a whole nother different yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, definitely. Bring someone on and going, I am your father. Exactly. <laughs> the Star Wars podcast. No, it's she's not. right outside. Hey. <laughs> uh, so I was, um, I was over there, um, oh, I'm going to say 2007 or something. Like that. Uh-huh. And, and it's such a lovely town. It is. It's really nice. City. City. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's got... Uh, 32,000 people. It's, it's decent. It's uh, it's surrounded by flat farmland, prairies, I believe. And oh, no, no, no. no. Prairies is uh, in the middle of Canada. Okay. Just flat farmland. Flat, flat yeah. farmland. But it's it's very nice, very, very pretty town. And it uh, when I was booking it, this was funny, because they have like a very... It's called Stratford. They have a very large Shakespeare Festival, which runs like most of the year. Uh, half the year. Oh, well, that is a lot of year. But not most of. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those. <laughs> the guess who's fact-checking who, <laughs> So, uh, I'm not going to re-record that as if I said it correctly. I'm just going to leave in the error. I think it's more That's, engaging. Yeah. yeah. More, more humanized, I think, uh, to do that. Um, is that one of your goals? Are you trying to become more human? Uh, yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently I'm, I'm aloof and mysterious, so I'm trying to, to, you know... Not be, um, but yeah, no. It, it's got the so when I was booking to go there, I was in the travel agents in those days, and right. there was uh, the the woman who was booking it was Canadian, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to Stratford." She said, "Ah, Shakespeare country," and I thought, "Hmm, I'm pretty sure that was a howling wilderness when Shakespeare was." Around out there, um, maybe some horses running around or something. Like Aboriginal that. people, Aboriginal indigenous people, people, yeah, of course. Like Absolutely, and you're right to, to point that out. That's 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 important. But it wasn't whatever else it was. It wasn't like a city of thirty thousand no, people. So. No, my my, uh, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, I killed someone. No, so <laughs> <laughs> my great great grandfather, great great or great 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 grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, bought my the the farm my family still resides on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year Canada became a country. So um, that would be 1867? Yes. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> right. I was like, 16, no, 18. Because I think it was, so you had um, Jacques Cartier come over in the 1400s, Samuel de Champlain in the 1500s, French country, and then blah, 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 blah. So yeah, 1867, become a country. That's when we bought our stone <laughs> farmhouse. My family's still there. To that's like day. proper ancient. Yeah. Isn't it like because I, I'm used to I've you know spent some time in the US and they, they've got things like you know the 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 historic district of Seattle uh, dates from 1901. Yeah. Right? Um, now the building I live in is 30 years older than that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So and it's like no disrespect to Seattle, it's great, but it's it's brand new. Me really. some disrespect. <laughs> no, there, no being old, isn't I feel it? like it's got an attitude. <laughs> Calm down, Seattle. Big Fraser old is Crane, if yeah. off. <laughs> Being old is no is no big deal. Um, I don't think you know, so. It's like a dynamic place. Mm. It's, it was always amazing coming here, or always amazing. I came here once when I was uh, 17, 16, 17, mm-hmm. uh, on like the one trip you had to save up for uh, three years and pay over two years to like go on for your kind of like your high school trip. Wow. And I came to England and France and uh, a bit of Spain and it was like, oh my God. Oh, that's and that's when I knew I was like, oh, I really want to go back to France. So then I finished school, saved up, became an au pair in France for a bit. Um, 
But then when I went back and was doing everything, uh, just life, and uh, did my university degree, I realized everything I was like, all the comedy, even when I was appearing, the comedy I was like intaking was uh, British. Okay. And like, that's what I loved that, like the storytelling first kind of thing, the absurdist, the mighty boosh, the uh-huh. no feel, you know, <laughs> the, the weird stuff. Um, and I'm sure people are like, well, that's not even weird. Uh, for Canada, oh, yeah, yeah. this guy's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that's kind of what uh, helped me get into UK uh, culture. And that's what made me want to mm-hmm. ultimately come back here. So kind of famously as well, I think Canadians, like there's a great many great Canadian comedians and comedic actors from Canada. And I think there has always been that kind of slightly more tuned into. I mean, we consider them great because they're they like British stuff. So we kind of <laughs> yeah. think that's a kind of uh, thing. So it seems to be a slight, certainly in the American context, that kind of like slightly like looking around the back of it actually seems to work very well from a comedic point of view. Yeah, I think we're just more similar to the UK than the US. But mm-hmm. again, depending on where you live in Canada and, mm-hmm. and, and what your family's like and what trauma you... Anyway, um, <laughs> but I think like for uh, Canadians tend to be... Uh, a little more, not self-aware necessarily, but willing to be Uh self-deprecating. And that, like, obviously is, oh, God, you guys love that here. You get off on it. And so I think there's that kind of similarity and the willingness to be, like, a little bit humble and a little bit aloof and drink beer in, you know, your igloos and et cetera. Um, So, yeah, because, I don't know, I just, I find U.S. humor... Yeah, it can be more, I think there's, if you see an hour of it, you're less likely to have, like, a full story together about it. Okay, So yeah. that's one thing I think I love that the UK, or under the fringe uh, label of comedy here, you'd mm-hmm. expect just stand-up. But it's then sometimes things you could never quite pin down as to, like, is this a a character theater play, but it's not a play, it's a comedy, but it's not a comedy, it's not stand-up, it's the character, you know, there's just like these weird spaces that I think you're willing to play with that um, that I love. Uh, yeah, and I think it's a very good point, like, uh, there obviously is a very rich, rich vein of American humour, but they would burst into flames if they were self-deprecated in any way, just, yeah. it, it just wouldn't, mm. it doesn't I also really think, work. I think a lot of, I don't know what you think about it, but like US comedians come over to do the fringe, and they're like, Look at my wild show. It's insane. And then you see it and you're like, wow, you've never been here before. Go see some other shows because what you're doing is so like, I think there's, you're just the UK comedy is, it's almost in this weird bubble. It, it doesn't, tra- like, Catherine Ryan isn't that big in Canada. Okay. Canada doesn't really have the same celebrity culture that you do here in general. That's why there are so many great com- Canadian comedians. I don't know if they would ever really be successful. Or, like, one of our biggest comedians, most successful, every Canadian knows his name, You, Rick Mercer. No one would know about him outside of Canada. No, I mean, it does bring me on to the, the, the one other thing I was going to say about Stratford, because I was there at the time, and do you know... Eddie, who, which child was <laughs> at school in Stratford, who oh. was going to, go on to be a global superstar. That Not me, other than me. <laughs> so he's Canadian, he's a, he's a wee guy, <laughs> and he's, he's, a, he's a singer, and he, he, was brought, he was brought up in Stratford. And he was at school on, on the days that I was in that town. I could have run him over. <laughs> I could have done. <laughs> um, um, that's the real case that we're exploring. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, I don't know. Uh, Canadian singer man, mm-hmm. youngish, mm-hmm. Stratford. 
don't know. Who could this be? Ooh. Does he deserve another hint? Should I know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, I feel like if you don't know now, then Ooh. maybe you won't. Maybe it's not. Oh, uh, like not Bieber. Yeah. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Oh. Baby. Yeah, oh, he was no, there. You should have run. No, well, it, it um, would have been. It would have been a bit of a, a, you know, like that thing about would you go back in time and kill Hitler's Hitler as a baby. Uh, except I'm not equating. Just, you, just, you simply just, cannot equate. No, man. just in case there's any lawyers listening, uh, I'm not. Justin. I'm not for one second suggesting Justin Bieber and Hitler are similar. I'm just saying, like, if you went back and killed Hitler, you would probably have been caught by the police and hung for for killing a baby in Austria in mm. late night threats. And, and likewise, you know, the, 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 I'm just just Knowing putting this out that there. You had know? the opportunity to rid the world of Bieber <laughs> yeah. before he ever got started. Hey, he's he's a quiet little boy now. No, he's, he's, he's a lovely man. No, he's a lovely man. And uh, it, it's a conundrum. It is a, it's a time traveling. It's one conundrum. of these moral issues. I, I don't get what the moral issue is. <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the conundrum is. Sorry. No, the conundrum, don't well, go back in time. Do not kill Justin Bieber. No, okay. no, Fine. no one's. All right. And, and nobody's. <laughs> And nobody's seriously proposing doing that. Eddie d- said it, it right away. Really <laughs> but I think it's like because you I, wouldn't I'm not be gonna. no, no, just <laughs> okay. but I nobody, <laughs> nobody apart from Justin Bieber's family would be you know mm. affected. You know, wasn't what? Like, uh, well, that's it because there's a big difference between millions of young girls. But they would never <laughs> well, know who he was. The music. This is the thing. If you killed him now, yes. you'd be. Dragged through the streets as yep. a monster, Absolutely. but if you accidentally ran over a small child called Justin, yeah, you, I think you would still be called a monster. You, you, you oh, know, sure, but it would, why do you run over a small child, Eddie? Yeah. yeah, but it's 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 all relative, isn't it? You know, time yeah. wise, time space dimensionally. <laughs> do you know I, I like, like how much you're trying to g- get around using time travel just to do murders? <laughs> no, I, what I do like is I suggested that Eddie's become the baddie. <laughs> I've been saying. Do you know? I've, I've I shifted the yeah. straw man you're, too on ca- me. you're too calm. Well, I, I'm the one who's more likely this to have done it. You've gone, ooh, here's an idea. And I've gone, yes! <laughs> and I've, yes become, and I've become the spokesperson who else? for time travel based genocide. Who, who else could we drive over at that time? <laughs> can we normalize time travel based therapy instead? <laughs> Maybe Hitler just needed to talk to someone. Yes. Maybe Hitler should have gone into art school. Well, his did, paintings weren't that bad. They were fine. They were better than I could do. They were fine. Yeah, they were fine. But it just didn't, you know, they didn't, they didn't cut it. That they, that was, that was I love thing. when people are like, they're so shit. And again, I'm like, they're landscape art. It's good. It looks like a landscape. Mm. It's better than you could do. Not you, the no. w- Eddie. <laughs> it's better than Eddie could do. Better than I could do. Fair yeah. play to Hitler. He could no. paint a bush. No, give him that. Beep. Past tense, please. He's not still alive. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's all <laughs> relative. Eddie's and he's just outside. <laughs> Eddie's DeLorean parked outside the university. <laughs> I completely sidetracked talking about... Uh, Justin Bieber, time just, travel. Uh, running Justin Bieber over. Uh, Eddie, what was your like path from Eddie McKenzie, citizen, child... To um to murderer. I, uh, murderer. Imagine if I had been run over in <laughs> to time <laughs> in, in Well, I I, I, I did now. have I did have uh, a car uh, <laughs> around in, Inverness in, 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 in South London. Like I lived in I lived in Clapham <laughs> for a while in the kind of uh, early nineties. Would that have been suitable time to run you over? Or were you not alive at that point? 
Yeah, uh, 91. I okay. started popping about. Okay, no, so I quite easily have done that. Yeah. <clears throat> I was there till 93, so I could easily have... That's a threat. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the, the no, rest... it's just a fact. Um, no, no. I was maybe too young to be accidentally run over. Oh, you're never too young to be accidentally. Yeah. You, you, you need them to be at least toddling. Well, you could have been in a pushchair. Yeah. So. But I think there's, oh, running oh, over a pram baby would really be... I think just like, you know, the nudging a pram over a set of stairs kind of thing. <laughs> that's the classic. Yeah. That's a classic. Bring it back. That's you right. don't see prams downstairs these days. It's, uh, Southfield's, <laughs> Southfield's tube station, has that got the stairs? It's got a lot of stairs. Okay, there's ideal. You could have really done a number on me. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, if it didn't then, kill you, it would have just given you a little shaken up. That's it. But the world would have been deprived of uh, of Eddie McKenzie. I think that's that's the point, isn't it? And we would be crying right now, but we wouldn't know why. That's right. We'd feel an emptiness. Mm, yes. Yeah. There'd be a temporal lapse. Yeah, that's we'd right. go, I feel like there should Whoa. be something more here. Yeah. Is there a window open here? Yeah. Oh, 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 that's terrifying. Something... Some presence, but, but not a presence. It's an absence in this room. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Well, who knows? Maybe, I don't know, there's a spare chair. Maybe yeah. somebody is. Maybe. So we, we, we did run someone over as a child. Or uh. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but they're still here podcasting yeah. with us. Yeah. Well, bless them. Bless. Thank you for... Here's Thank you for joining us, you mystery guest. Um, so yes, Eddie, so I completely sidetracked into that <laughs> hypothesis. Get used you know, to it. Does, it does uh, we don't answer a question. No, we don't make it answer five you didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so you are, you are uh, Eddie McKenzie. You are in London. You've trans- transferred to Inverness, and you feel the stage calling to you? Ooh. Not initially, interestingly. Mm. I was a very quiet boy, initially. Mm-hmm. I was a very good boy. I was a studious boy. <laughs> I was in a chess club. I was shy. I had one friend, bless him. And um, my... So I, I'd been in, you know... Uh, what do you call them? School? I'd been in school for some years. <laughs> <laughs> Nativities. Oh, yeah. Things. Yes. So, like, in London, I'd been to a fairly religious school, just mm-hmm. where we grew up. So there was always nativities, all sorts of stuff. So I'd been, you know, my fair share of wise men and shepherds and that kind of variety. Mm-hmm. It never really stuck. And then I, I got to school in Inverness. I did a year and a half of primary school in Inverness. And then I got to high school. And I was a very quiet boy, very shy, very, oh, no. And my, one of my teachers at the time, I can never remember if she was social studies or English or something like that, lovely, proper, hippie, teacher-type mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Eddie, I want you to audition for the school play. I think you'll be fabulous. It's just what you need. She didn't sound like that, but that's what I imagine. It's great, it's great. And um, she was proper, like, drama, incredible. What an inspiration. And they were doing a play called The Pie-Eyed Piper of mm-hmm. Hamilton. Ah, okay, okay. And as a, the concept was this drunk bagpiper would turn up and take away all the adults and all the kids would have a great week and then realise, oh, no, we need grown-ups. Ah. And I don't quite agree with the storytelling, but it was, <laughs> it was propaganda, if anything. Um, but she got me to audition and I ended up playing the role of a man called Iron Rod, who mm. was the chairman of the city council, who were the evil adults. Ooh. Okay. So it was all very meta. The kids played grown-ups. It was wonderful. And um, they put a fake moustache on me and a hat wow. and a suit jacket. And she was like, do a grown-up voice. And I come out on stage and I say, as a 13-year-old tiny little boy with ginger hair 
No, nobody talks like this. Hello, I'm Edward. I'm from London. And I suddenly was going, the council will come to order. The entire school lost their minds. The audience erupted into joyous pleasure, rapturous applause. And I went, this is it. <laughs> this is what I must do. Wow. And so that's kind of why I sound like the way I sound, because it's when, you know, like when your mum says, stop doing a funny face and the wind changes. Yes. And, and that's what happened with the voice. I, I, I pretended to do a voice for so long that it became the voice eventually. But then I didn't do any more of that. It wasn't, uh, I, you know, I was in that play and we won some awards. We went to the Dingwall Drama Festival. We won a bunch of awards. I was like, this is amazing. I'm a superstar. <sighs> Second year, I was in another play as well. And then third year, I wanted to do drama in high school as a subject and my parents bless them went no you're going to do real subjects Edward because we're sensible people and um, <laughs> bless them I did and I went all the way through school and it wasn't until I left school that I became you know adrift I didn't know what I wanted to do I was going to go and do a film and media course at Queen Margaret University because it was something to do and my mum was like you don't want to do that do you and I was like no I don't know what I want to do mum and we went to <laughs> We went to um, a sort of clearing day at Inverness College, and it was literally the week before semester was starting. So it was basically like, we've got these places. If anyone wants to come, you can do them. And my one of my friends was going to do the drama course, and one of my friends was going to go and do access to construction. Okay. So I had two paths oh, in front of me. Yes. And it's probably quite obvious which one I took. In <laughs> a, 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 a swift two-year bricklaying, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> but um, it was ridiculous. And I hadn't, up to the last point, I'd sort of not considered it at all. And then it was my mum really having forbidden, not forbidden me, but, you know, sort of gone, oh, do, we'll be sensible for a while. I think sort of realised the sensible thing isn't working out for this child let's let him do what he wants to do for a bit and i did three years of college the third year of which i had to come to glasgow which is why i ended up in glasgow and i've now been here for about a decade doing all sorts of nonsense yeah and um yeah long story short it's been a twisted road and i'm still figuring it out no that's that's great though i I do i do think that moment when you kind of first feel the kind of bite of the performance thing when you get that kind of feedback from the audience or mm. that kind of thing. You must have had that. Did you have that moment when that happened for you? I um, I mean, it's funny, some similarities. I was also in the chess club, mm-hmm. yes. not because I was a quiet person, um, and I didn't stay in it for long because I didn't like sitting still in silence for that long. I thought it was dumb. I did <laughs> win some, some games. Um, and then I was also in nativity growing up. Yeah. We had Journey to Bethlehem mm-hmm. at my church. Uh, I was an angel, then I was Mary. Um, my brothers were the camels. Those, they got to have way more fun every fucking year. Um, it was like, you front hump or you back hump? And then they would like joke around underneath this cloak and they could eat candy the whole time. And I was like sitting up there holding a doll being like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, I was very jealous. Um, I, I think there was like an immediate... Um, Ever since I was, like, you know, able to walk and talk, like, I loved not performing, but, like, being, like, entertaining. Okay. I was always the one being like, hello, and, like, let's do this and that, and uh, singing and wanting to play guitar and piano, and and, uh, comedy was always, like, the 
currency of the household. Okay, so good. very much, you know, we were always trying to outjoke each other, watching comedy that came up on CBC and quoting it back to each other, changing song lyrics. Like whoever could make the family laugh the most like was in power kind of thing. Wow. They were respected. So it's just as natural. I don't understand like bonding with people without humor. I, right. I truly don't get it. No. Um, and uh, yeah, so then for me, performing is about like connection. And that's why I don't really... Uh, make videos because I, I don't see the point and I don't get the reward. It's not of, of applause. It's like of of like building something yeah. with the audience. And that's why I love crowd work and hosting because you're like you're building jokes that are only in that room, only for that night. And, you're, and you walk away as like not an audience and a comedian, but like one large mm -hmm. like joke and, and, and community almost in a sense. Because like, you know, I, that's why I find it fun to pick out um, you'll find like a certain, there's a person. Uh, and one last gig I did, his name was like Jimmy. And I kept coming back to him and it was like, and then everyone would get in and you could kind of grow that and like be like, Jimmy, did you like that? You know, and you're making mm -hmm. it, it's quite. It's I think quite I was fun. at that show. Was that the? The Freed Up. Um, I do it a lot. <laughs> no, which one was it? Um, when did which I see one? I saw you not too long ago oh, at the Rumshack. All Mouth, All yeah. Mouth. Yes, amazing, yeah. That was tremendous. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was but it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, picking out and like trying to get people to open up by like getting in there and, and mm -hmm. building something and, and following the fun. Yeah. So my main, like when I moved to, uh, when traveling, moved to Toronto, always wanted to do improv. You know, I was like, oh my God, maybe comedy. Mm -hmm. But was never, because I was a tour guide, it was never in a place for long enough to take a course or anything. Okay. Or, it was a six-week course, but I would miss three of them. And I'm like, well, that's what's the point? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I moved to Montreal to do my university degree late that I was able to, like, actually sign up for improv courses. And I did improv, and that got me into, like, sketch and, and theater. And I did that. That was my main oh, okay. bread I, and butter. I, I, and I, then I started doing stand-up. So Montreal is, like, I think of it as a comedy town. It is. It's a tricky one because it, it. But speaking English makes you a minority in that province and city, but of a majority English-speaking country. So it's a getting. It's a. It's a very interesting dynamic. Just for laughs, festivals amazing there. Mm -hmm. But again, just for laughs comes and then it goes and then it's hard to get audiences. It just means they don't really give a lot of funding for English-speaking okay. because they're focused on French-speaking, and sure. so like French comedians make money there, which is good and right. Mm -hmm. um, but it becomes. It's kind of like become a place where people go to Montreal, cut their teeth, and then they have to move to Toronto, and then they move to New York or L.A. Mm -hmm. Because, again, like being a full-time comedian or being a full-time playwright or any sort of artist in Canada, it's next to impossible sure. unless you're like full-time granted, mm -hmm. uh, getting grant money from the government. So that's why um, like coming here and then being like offered actual money for gigs, I was like, <laughs> stars uh, in my amazing. eyes. Yeah, Good gigs and bad gigs. Um, Eddie, have you had like a memorably bad gig oh yeah um, <laughs> um i'm always very optimistic and people ask me what are bad gigs and i think a lot of gigs i should say were bad gigs were good gigs in my eyes because there's always something to get from them that's true but there was definitely a bad. but sometimes there is there is one or two and this one is definitely a bad gig um and by all rights, it should have been amazing, which is why it's even more. So Des McLean, who's mm -hmm. another iconic legend. Glaswegian legend, legend yeah. runs so the best gigs in Scotland, probably. The best. And he, his, his whole thing is like carving out a little community out in towns and places around Scotland. Yep. And he builds an audience and he builds a room and it's great. And I played for him 
way up north, I can't remember what the one it was, but he wasn't there, and then he, he was like, well, come and do this one at Bishop Briggs, and I'll be there, then we can meet, etc. And it was the Bishop Briggs, have I told you this? No, I but I also had the worst, not, it wasn't the worst gig I've ever done, <laughs> but um, I, I don't think I've done one for Des after that Bishop Briggs gig, because I was like, whoa! Well, literally okay. the Good same. to know maybe it so, wasn't, wasn't just me. And he was telling me the whole week before, he's like, oh, Eddie, I'm so looking forward to this, it's my favourite room, it's my favourite gig, everyone's wonderful, etc., etc. And I'm Oh, great, cool. So it was, um, uh, I was on in the second part. So there was a, there was a great opener and then there were, there was um, Fergus Kelly and me in the middle bit and then it was Vlad McTavish mm-hmm. closing the show mm-hmm. um, and it should have been a great line. Yeah. But there was a rogue hen party <laughs> sat right at the front. My people, my culture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sat right at the front being the rowdiest Ever. And the bathroom was behind the stage. So every two minutes, Mm, two or three of them were getting up, going to the bathroom and coming back much quicker than bodily functions would allow. Bang, 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 bang. All the way through the gig. Terrible, terrible. The whole audience was just like, oh, like really soured atmosphere. Nobody was getting anything. Everyone was like, oh, because they were just shouting out and heckling and constantly getting in people's... And I, I go on to close the second bit, and I'm doing my stuff, and everyone's kind of looking at me like, uh, <laughs> you know, they wish it was just not happening. No one wants to be in that room. And it culminates. I'm getting to the final bit of my final song of the set, and the hen comes on stage, tries to take the guitar off me, and goes, all right, that's enough. I'll do some stereophonics. That's what people want. And I'm just standing there with her hand on the guitar, looking at her, and I look at the audience, and I'm like, well, I suppose that'll do as a finale, folks. And I go, thank you very much, and I sit down and almost dunk myself into a pint and just like what on earth was that and up till that point I had had great gigs this was I I had had a run of great gigs and this brought me right back down to earth the hen party got thrown out turned out they weren't a hen party and they'd done this before at another pub no it was just an excuse to act crazy awful because you're not gonna throw out yeah. A hen party. Des was like, I know you're having fun, guys. Can we just relax? And he'd always try and bring them down, bring them down. They'd come back up. And you're like, I don't want to ruin the night, you know. And then he got kicked out. And a bouncer comes back and goes, oh, we had to throw him out of another pub like a month ago. Because uh, they did the same thing. And we're like, that's, what? That's so shocking. I don't know if I'm just like super naive. Or I didn't know that there was like squads of wreckers who Fake went hens. around. And then, yeah, yeah, I'm a little impressed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a great grift. Yeah, right. It's a great, great racket. And I think Vlad I might uh, get some of those to some of my competing gigs. Uh. <laughs> Send them out around town. <laughs> and it was just it was that way where it's I, as I say I'd had a run of great gigs and I'd gotten very confident and I was you know overly confident and then you're suddenly in a point yeah. where nothing you do is going to turn it around. Oh, what was what was a real pain is that. A bunch of my friends came to that one oh. who have never seen me do anything since. Oh. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> you know. So it was very humbling. It's like you say, it's humbling. I once had a gig so bad, I immediately got to back together with my ex after. Oh. Wow. That's yeah, powerful. it was a it was like an open mic show in, in Montreal, but it's still booked. Um, and they were like, you have to bring two people. 
It was like, usually that wasn't, it's not really a thing in Montreal. It's more of a thing in New York, but like yeah. some shows were kind of testing it out and it was really fucking annoying. Uh, because you're like, so I, there's only so many shows my friends can come to now. Like they've, yeah. you know, they've seen me and they're busy and they yeah. don't want to pay money, mm. uh, which I don't blame them for. But it was like, you have to, everyone has to bring two people f to fill the audience. Um, and I could, I don't like asking people for it, but I asked a couple, got one yes. I was like, okay, well, fucking, we'll f deal with one, and then yeah. I'll, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, that friend, earlier in the day, I talked to her, and uh, about it. I was like, oh, I could do this, or I've been thinking about salads, and I kind of like, I'm like, here's what I think about salads. How do you define a salad? You know, you have green salad, and then you have chicken salad. What? How's that the same? And then I have jello salad. My family makes jello salad. Oh. What's a salad? That was the whole, there was no joke. It was just me going, tuna salad, what? Are you crazy? And uh, my friend was like, oh my God, it's so funny, you have to do that. And I was like, really? She says, yeah. Great, the day goes on. Right before I, I go to the show, she texts me to cancel. No. Coming. Okay. No. And so I show up to the show like a little bit late because I was at rehearsal, late to a room filled completely by other comedians who I don't didn't really know because right, I was improv theater first. Okay. So I didn't I never felt like I was part of the stand up thing, but I'm sure they were they from my point of view I was like they won't let me in, but I'm sure they were like we don't care. Like, you know, but just from you, you know, your outside point of view, you're like they I'm not part of the club. I'm not friends with them. They don't think I'm good enough, you know. Uh, so I walk into a room of people I don't really I know but don't really know. Uh, and the guy before me ends, uh, you know, he's about to end. The people have loved it. Uh, he goes, one last thing, give a round of applause for women. And I was like, oh God, where is this going? This gotta be a trap. And he goes, because they put their lives at risk every day giving us blowjobs. And I went, and the, the audience loved it. Scream, cr clapping, crying, laughing, love it. And I'm just sat there going, well, they're gonna hate me. <laughs> so then I walk on. <laughs> Feeling like kind of, you know, annoyed, being let down by a friend, feeling yeah. kind of alone, didn't have other people, a room I don't know. This is the joke. I kind of feel frustrated. I kind of want to acknowledge this like shitty joke that got such a, you know, I was like, oh my God. Instead, I just go, salads. <laughs> 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 and I swear to God, it was a five minute set that I managed to just reel out in probably two and a half minutes. I didn't pause. Yeah. Maybe there would have been laughter. Didn't leave space for it. Didn't want space for it. I just went, tuna salad, you fucking kidding me? What about chicken salad? Go fuck yourself. You know, just the word, not a single, not a single laugh. I just talked without breath. I said, thank you. I gave the mic back. I walked straight out of the building straight. I went straight down the street, uh, called my ex. I went and picked him up <laughs> and then we went on made out on the top of the mountain. Yes. <laughs> a happy ending. I don't even get that guy's joke. Like the whole put your life on the line thing. Well, Choking on dicks. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Thanks. It's very highbrow. Yeah, it is. Actually, it's a you know real how, thinker. You know, you know how some jokes go over your head? And some go, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Went, uh, well, <laughs> that is that is a beautiful uh, beautiful note to leave it on. So I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say thank you very much to Kate Hammer. Thank you. And to Eddie McKenzie. Um, thank, you thank you all for for listening. Thank you. For Thank this. you. Wait, do you want to say anything about yourself to be less mysterious? I think I've established that I'm not <laughs> mysterious. I think that, that it's going. I'm, I, I'm hoping each episode I'm going to become a little more. 
I, I think interacting with you today, you seem very human. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. That's good. good. My, my mission is, is slowly becoming accomplished. You have been listening to Pod Malaf, which is a Cross Malaf comedy production. Thanks to Glasgow Caledonia University for studio facilities and to Thomas Mitchell for the theme tune, Demister. And thanks to you for listening. Please rate and review and follow us on our socials and get in touch that way. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you.